fruit ninja. Yeah, we're uh, looking at fruit that God, through the Holy Spirit, wants to produce in our life. Now, Galatians says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so in this series, we're supposed to be examining our lives and looking at the fruit that we're producing in our lives. You know, Jesus said in uh, John 15, 8, he said, My Father is glorified when you produce much fruit, and in that way you prove that you're my disciples. In other words, followers of Jesus Christ, if you're a follower, we are to produce fruit in our lives. Holy Spirit wants to work with you in that, wants to guide you, encourage you, and strengthen you so that we grow and we produce what would be very supernatural fruit. It goes against our normal nature, what God's going to produce in us. And we've talked about the kind of love and the kind of joy that God wants to produce in our life. And so if you weren't here, you might want to check, check the last two weeks out. But we're going to look at another fruit today, another virtue, you might say, and we're focusing on producing the fruit of patience. Anybody need patience in their life? I, I, I know as I even say that, some of you are going, really? That, that's what we're going to talk about. I don't have time for that, you know. And uh, yeah. we, we all need, all of us need to take time and really examine ourselves on this topic. And I've, I've got to do a little confession. I got so impatient wanting to talk about this topic that I skipped right over peace. <laughs> now, don't, don't worry, we're going to come back to peace, and that was kind of intentional. But uh, today we're, we're focusing on how do we become people who produce patience in our, in our life? When I was a kid, I, I've told you before, I lived down in the Florida Keys, uh, lived on Stock Island right, right next to Key West, and uh, the lady down the street from us, uh, we were in a trailer park, and Mrs. Zink had a banana tree, and it produced hundreds and hundreds of, of bananas. And, and so the fruit would set on, but then it was months and months before it was ripe enough to, to eat, and the first year I lived down there, I would check that tree I, almost every day I would go by and kind of touch the fruit and see and and I was waiting and waiting and waiting because I'd never seen a banana tree before and never never eaten right off of the tree and so the fact is every day I'd go down there and I'd check it out and one day I went all the bananas are gone and and I almost went bananas because I was looking forward to the, trying that first banana well, the neighborhood kids had eaten every single one of them. Mrs. Zink was not happy either. But uh, the next time that the tree set fruit on, I would go by there every, every day. And when it was a few weeks out, she said, it's going to be a couple more weeks. I didn't trust that. And so I would pick a banana, and I would peel it, and I would, I would try and eat it. And have you ever eaten a really, really green banana? I mean they're awful. <laughs> I mean, I just, I couldn't wait. And so I'd, I'd peel it, I'd eat it, and it was bitter and it was pithy. And so the next day I'd go down, I'd try another banana, I'd pick another banana and I'd eat it. And I did this every day for weeks and awful, awful bananas. Until one day I took a bite of that banana and I, I fell in love. I mean, it was like, wow, that's perfect. And I really, as I look back on it, I think that's why I still like a green banana. 
In fact, if I go in a store, I will pick through all the bananas until I can find the greenest one. And if they're not green, I don't buy them. And so anybody else like green bananas? Yeah, all right, all right. As followers of Jesus Christ, we are to be patient. You know, we're to to slow down. In other words, how do you get patience in your life in a culture that wants efficiency, in a culture that wants things now? They do not want to wait for tomorrow. We don't want to wait a week. We don't want to wait a year. We want results as quick as possible. And if we have to wait more than a couple minutes, how many of you, you'd be at like McDonald's or something, and if you've got to wait more than about two minutes, you're, you're just irritated, you're aggravated. It's like, what's wrong with this? It's supposed to be a drive-thru. And, you know, we want quicker Wi-Fi. If the page doesn't load immediately, we're upset. I remember having to turn the computer on and go outside and play basketball for 20 minutes to wait for the computer even to boot up. Uh, I remember those days. You remember those days? <laughs> Order something online. We don't want five-day delivery. We take the two-day delivery, but we want it at a seven-day delivery price. We want things faster and faster and faster in our lives. And I would argue that our need for speed is producing a lot of pain, a lot of anxiety, and a lot of problems in our life. That, That our lack of patience is causing us to miss out on probably some of the most important things in life. A while back, I was with my uh, grandkids, and we were out by the pond. And so I picked up a, a rock, and I skipped it across the pond. And they're like, Grandpa, that's cool. And so long and short, they decided we're going to have a contest. And so they were going to see who could skip a, a rock and get the most skips out of it. And so Naya, she's the youngest, she, she threw the first rock, and it went splash. And uh, so everyone's counting, you know, and they go, one. It was only one, Grandpa. And Dason goes, no, 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 Grandpa. I think I heard two. He said, I heard the rock hit the water, and then I heard another thud when I hit the ground laughing. You know. <laughs> and so... I spent a, a moment talking to him about technique, that it's, it's speed and then it's just skimming the surface uh, of the water. And so we took turns and it was like one, two, three, four, five, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six. And we got up to like 12 or 13 finally uh, that we were able to get. But I was thinking about that whole skimming. We are moving so fast in our lives that many of us are just skimming the surface. We're not really seeing the people around us. We're not really seeing people the way God sees them. We're moving so fast, we're not listening anymore. We do not hear anymore. Why? Don't have time. Just don't have time. And I believe something deep inside us wants something better. See, the Holy Spirit wants to produce patience in us. And the Bible has a lot to say about patience. The, the book of Proverbs uh, says this, Whoever is patient has great what? Understanding. But one who is quick-tempered displays folly. The, the whole book of Proverbs is set up with uh, 
kind of the depiction of two different types of people. And there are wise people and there are foolish people. And you're either one or the other, no pointing. But the writer says, a person of patience has great understanding. In other words, they get it. They get life. They, they get below the surface. They, they see people. They, they see the situation and understand that, that things aren't as simple as one might think. But a person who has a quick temper is foolish. In other words, folly, it, it comes from the word fool. And just so you know, that's not a virtue, being a fool. In the New Testament, the word for patience is macrosumas. You know, macro means long, and sumas means anger. You know, long anger. You know, patient people have long fuses in life. Quick-tempered people have short fuses. How long does it take for the bomb to go off for you? You know, when uh, they set a bomb off like at a demolition site or a quarry, they still do a countdown, no matter what. Do a countdown. So 10, 9, help me, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. And the length of the fuse determines that... How long is your fuse? How long can you count before you explode? You walk away from the register and they've overcharged you again. Five, four, three, two, one. Your toddler or teenager, and there's not a lot of difference sometimes, by the way. <laughs> But they ask you for the same thing over and over and over, or they do the same thing over and over and over. You know, mom, 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 mom. What point? Four, three, two, one. The road near my house, the uh, speed limit's 35. I will tell you very few people obey the speed limit. Most are driving considerably faster. And I can't tell you how many times I've pulled out on that road and I can see someone coming up behind me and they're barreling. I mean, they're coming fast and they get up on my tail, you know, three, two, one. You thought I was going to say, I go bananas. No, they go bananas. I mean, I see them back there. They're laying on their horns sometimes. I've had a few people uh, kind of uh, flash me a half of a peace sign, you know. And unfortunately, I've had a few people that they whip out around me, and very wildly, usually. And a couple times, almost got in head-ons with the people coming, coming the other way. Why? Impatience. Impatience. See, they want to go faster, and the fuse is really, really short. And here's the funny thing, because I, I kind of analyze it when it happens. And, you know, they're back there going bananas. And they go around me, and they're going 50, and I'm going 30 or 35. And we're both heading the same direction, and then we end up at the same light together. And we're right there next to each other. Awkward moment, usually. 
You know, I know one of these days I'm going to be able to unroll my window and go see you at church in a little bit, you know. I mean, how short is your fuse? See, impatient people have a short fuse. And the Holy Spirit, God says, I want to work with the Holy Spirit and I want to turn you into a long-fused follower. I want to produce patience in you. And I want to look at several different kinds of patience that, that God wants to work with you in. There's everyday patience. It's the things that happen every day. James says this, he says, Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and the spring rains? You too, be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you'll be judged. The judge is standing at the door first century disciples that heard this, they understood it. They understood agriculture. They understood that a a farmer would till the the field, would plant the seed, would tend to the land, and that after they had done everything that they could do, there was nothing else to be done, they, they would pray. They'd just pray for good weather, they'd pray for rain, and they would wait and wait and wait and wait and wait, and they're trusting that the crops at some point will grow and, and will actually produce. There's nothing that a farmer can do to speed up that process. They just wait and wait and wait, be patient, stand firm. James says as followers of Jesus Christ that we must live with that kind of patience in our life every day. You know, we need a, a patient mentality Why? Well, because Christ is coming back someday. We'll we'll answer for for how we live. But this type of patience is not natural. It's supernatural. It runs counter to culture, especially our culture today. How many of you have a to-do list just about every day? All right, the rest of you are lying. (laughs) We we, we may not do this, but we've got to-do lists. Many of you, when you look at that or you look at your calendar, it's so full, you can't breathe. You're always on a mission. You know, A, B, C, D, E. You know, something unexpected happens, an interruption, a disruption in life. Someone gets in your way because they're going too slow. Someone does something, says something, requires something of you. And what happens is we go bananas. I mean, even when we see someone in need and we know they're in need and we know we could do something about it, we just keep rolling, don't we? Why? On a mission. Got stuff to do. People who struggle with patience usually have an unhealthy relationship with the tick, with time. We have a bad relationship with it. I mean, how's your relationship with time? You know, the first uh, mechanical clock, uh, it was uh, invented by uh, Benedictine monks. And their intention for creating a clock to start with was to create uniformity within a city or within a community. And the clock was initially, it was made so that it would remind them when to stop and pray. 
and I find it ironic because originally it was a tool to help you connect with God. But for many of us, when it comes to time, time's a commodity. You know, we got to invest our time. We got to save our time, protect it. Time's money. And yet I would suggest that many of us are living with a time famine in our life. The fact is, we, we struggle in our lives and we struggle with impatience because we have an unhealthy relationship with time. The fact is, many that, that struggle with impatience, it's really a struggle with identity in life. I want you to think about it. Think about it like your to-do list. You know, many of you, you don't stop at four or five things you need to do. Some of you have got a list so long that it's not even humanly possible to do it. But your identity gets wrapped up in the list. Your worth is identified by what you do. And so anything that slows you down, anything that gets in your way, becomes an enemy of what you want to accomplish. And when that happens, there's a trigger inside that you become very impatient in life. You know, we, we, we want control, don't we? Control is the opposite of patience. You know, patient means to uh, surrender control. We do not like to surrender control, do we? The idea of patience, it's interesting when, when you look at the Middle Ages... This was a time when uh, medicine and doctors, they're kind of emerging at that point. And so people started going to doctors for the first time. And it it got to be, it started developing kind of as a business. And so they would go to a doctor and they'd go, you know, I, I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm not feeling well, but can you help me? And so people that went to doctors, they, they finally decided we're going to call these patients. And the reason why was because you were going to a doctor to surrender control. You were surrendering control to someone that you believed could help you. And so then doctors go, you know what? We're going to create waiting rooms, which try our patients, right? See, if we struggle with time, if we struggle with our identity, if we struggle with a thing called control, what happens is we will struggle with everyday patience. We'll struggle when things happen, you know, and kind of come undone. There's another kind of patience I would call enduring patience. James writes this, he says, brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord, as you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You've heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. We are all going to go through seasons of suffering. In fact, some of you today, you would say, that's, that's where I am. You know, a, a devastating medical report, a struggle with depression, Uh, Maybe the loss of a loved one or a broken relationship or 
financial struggle, what, what have you. The fact is, you're in a place and there's pain and there's hurt and there's that struggle. Everyday patience deals with people, okay? Enduring patience causes us to wrestle with God, to try and make sense of all the things that are happening, try and make sense of the world and the problems that, that we're experiencing. And what happens many times, we get blown away by something that happens to us or something that happens around us that affects us. And so a little bit like a tumbleweed, we have no, no roots and we get rolled away over and over and over and over and over. And James says, when you're going through that season of suffering, remember Job. You know, Job lost all of his children. He lost his home. He lost his wealth. Ultimately, lost his health. And so he stood strong, though. He kept trusting God. He believed God had a purpose in it. And Scripture, when you read the story, he perseveres. And that word persevere in the Greek is to persist, to have deep roots in life. Roots that allow you to face the storm. Roots that allow you to face the problem and the struggle. During the crisis, you're able to stand strong. Why? Because the roots are deep. You're not skimming the surface in life. Because you're looking to, to God. Because you're trusting God in the midst of the suffering. See, enduring patience is possible. In fact, it's only possible when you trust God. And you understand that God has a purpose in the midst of it. There's another kind of patience I want to talk about, and it's going to sound a little bit strange, but I want to call it engaging in patience. As a, as a follower of Jesus Christ, there are times that being patient is unacceptable. The fact is, things are broken. Things are fractured in this world. Things are not the way that God intended them to be. And that impatience in us should call us from the sidelines to, to do something about it. You know, to, to, not, to not sit, to kind of sit back and not engage when we look at something and we know it's not right is sin. You know, for instance, uh, if you see people suffering, you see someone that's being neglected, being mistreated, being abused, that when, when in your heart God moves and there's something inside you and it creates a discontentment in you, you know, to the point where you go, somebody needs to do something. Here's what happens, though. We get that discontentment in us. Somebody needs to do something here. And then we go, oh, well, I mean, what can I do? I'm just one person. And I want to tell you, it's not okay. It's not okay to sit still and to just walk by. That impatience in our life, that discontentment in us, should move us to engage in some way. God, you put this on my heart. God, it's messing with me inside. I can't shake it. What do you have me do? The other day I, w I was talking to a friend of mine, and I, I don't even remember 
how it came up, but uh, he said to me, he said, uh, I hope Jesus Christ comes back really soon. And I, I just instinctively said, yeah, me too. And then I was driving home, and I started thinking about the conversation. And I thought about the fact that when Jesus comes back, everything's going to be made right. All the wrongs will be made right. And everybody that has a relationship with Jesus Christ will be taken to heaven with him. And there'll be a lot of celebrating in heaven. But here's the discontent for me. In fact, if I think about it too long, it, it haunts me. What about people that do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ? And as I started thinking about that, I start seeing friends and family and neighbors, people that don't know Jesus Christ. Friends, I, I look forward to the day Jesus Christ comes back. But I found myself praying as I was going home and just saying, Jesus, do not come back yet. Don't come back yet. I know people that are living without you, people that I love, people that I care about. And when you come back, that's it. That's it. God, use me. God, give me more opportunities to share the faith with them so that I can reach them for, for you, Lord. And I don't know what it is for you. But that's discontentment and that's impatience that drives me to do something, to get off the sidelines, get on the front lines. I mean, what is it for you? I would challenge you when you're discontent inside that you step forward, you allow God to use you, and you watch heaven invade this earth and make a difference. See, everyday patience, we, we struggle. Enduring patience, it's a struggle. Engaging in patience, it's a struggle. How are you doing in those areas? I mean, in a culture of efficiency, in a culture that prizes getting from A to B as fast as humanly as possible, how do you live with patience? How do you cultivate patience in your life? Well, one, you've got to surrender your time. And in other words, you need to ask God to slow you down. You know, start seeing and, and appreciating things. Start seeing people and noticing people and hearing people. You know, spending time so that you go, I, I know them. Well, one of my favorite scriptures, it's Psalms 46, uh, 10 and 11. I used to have uh, Psalms 46, 10 on the outside of my Bible. as just kind of a reminder to me. But be still and know that I'm God. I'm exalted among the nations, exalted among the earth. Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Selah. That word is throughout Scripture, and it is the most overlooked part of Scripture there is. It's usually off to the side, and so people just skip it. They don't even read it. Selah literally means pause, take it in, take a breath, experience the moment of what you've just got done reading. Take it in. 
Are, are you so busy that you're skimming the surface? I mean, are, are you so busy that you're missing what is really important? I would encourage you to pause, pause, withdraw from the world once in a while. You know, take a moment in your day and pull back. You know, no emails, no phones, no texts. In other words, detox from, from the demands of life. Why? So you could connect with your spouse. So you can connect with your children. And so you can connect with God. It, it, I will tell you, you do that, it is time well spent. You know, some of you just need to examine your schedules and look at your schedule and go, is this really realistic? Does this reflect what's important in life? My guess is uh, the bulk of what we put on there does not reflect what we say we value. And I say it over and over. Start spending time alone with God. Start your day there. Ten minutes. Read some scripture. Pray. Sit in silence. Meditate. You know, listen to God. Ask God. Say, God, what do you want me to notice today? What do you want me to see? God, help me slow down. You know, create space. Create some margin in, in my life. Friends, I will tell you, if you start doing that, it will help you remain aligned with, with God's heart and God's direction for you. It's also where you're going to find life. I mean, real life. That's where it's at. And it'll produce patience in you. We need to surrender the suffering. The fact is, I, I've had seasons of suffering in my life. Every time, there's come a point where I finally just surrender to God. I surrender control, because I don't have it anyway. And when I surrendered that, what you will find when you start trusting God in full surrender, your patience will actually increase. Your perseverance, it becomes possible because you're surrendering to God. I mean, that's the only way you're going to persevere through whatever it is you're going through today. You know, James, James says this, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its works so that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. If you're in a season of suffering, th this is my best advice. Quit trying to control it and surrender control to God completely. See, with God, there's hope. With God, the, the impossible is possible, but you have to trust God completely. Full surrender, full surrender. And then I would suggest that you need to surrender the Sabbath. And, and this, this is mission critical in, in life. I think it's one of the biggest problems in, in, our, in our world it says, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. In other words, you need a day of rest. You need a, a day where you delight in God, where you worship God. A, a day when you're, you're reminded that God loves you. You're reminded that you're a child of God. When, when you rest in the presence of God and take some time off, 
The Sabbath changes you. It produces patience in you. And I know some of you maybe have to work on Sundays. I do. You need a different Sabbath. But you've got to have that time. It's why I'm always saying it's important to be here. It's important for you to be here. It's important for your family to be here. Because it will help your health. It will help the, your, with the health of your mind and your soul. And it helps recalibrate you. But, but you've got to make it a priority. So, so if you're, you're here and you're allowing God to, to just pour into your life, you protect, you protect that. You've got to protect it. In fact, some of you, if you just do that in your life, if some of you are tired, you're exhausted, you feel like, why are you doing what you're doing? If you just protect the Sabbath, it would change your life. It would change you. And then when that disruption happens, you wouldn't go bananas. What, what would happen is you would actually, because you're dialing down, when those interruptions happen, when those things transpire, you would look at them different. You'd actually maybe see it as an opportunity from God. See, the, the fruit of patience, it's not fun to cultivate because it requires discipline. But I will tell you, it is sweet. It is really sweet when it ripens in your life. You know, you surrender your, your time, you surrender the suffering, you surrender the Sabbath to God, and allow God through the Holy Spirit to produce patience in you. And I will tell you this, it not only bless you, but it'll bless the people around you, people in your life that you say matter the most. It'll change you, change you. Let, let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy God, God, we praise you. God, I pray that uh, you just produce patience in us. God, we live in this world that just wants to run so fast. God, give us wisdom to dial it back, to step back. Create a little bit of margin. God, forgive us those times when we're impatient, whether it be with a stranger. A lot of times it's with family, with people that are closest to us, people we work with. But God, forgive us. God, help us to be people. Put a high priority on other people. God, help us to be patient with one another. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. Today we got uh, parents that are dedicating their children. So parents, if you need to go wrestle up the kids, be patient with them. But go, you can uh, go at this time, and we're gonna. Rest of us, we're gonna worship God. So let's stand. Let's stand and sing. Mm-hmm.